Great work, Rob. Great work. See if you can read this. You're fired. And in case your ears are get the out. And the next person I see juggling, tap dancing, or baton twirling, or doing any other circus-like tricks will join him. All right? One strike policy applies. Now get back to work. Damn, that felt good. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, with my co-host Justin Pennick. This is going to be a long show. This is going to be a long show. I mean, you you see the time when you press play, but this is going to be a long show because one, uh, it's supposed to be a mailbag voicemail, which usually takes up a full hour, and then the Giants fired Mark Colombo, which we have a ton to. We have to read off like a million Patreons. Um, I mean, how are you doing, Justin? I mean, let's we, let's keep the 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 banter to a minimum. I mean, people are here to hear about the New York Football Giants. Slow day, pretty slow day. Um, I mean, when I you know had to deliver some groceries to my grandmother. Uh, you know, I pretty pretty slow day. Had off from work. How how, how are you? You know me, man. When stuff like this happens, I I my mind like starts spinning at a million miles an hour. It's like, all right, let me get, clip these videos and do this research and put together this YouTube video. Like, you know me. I, like, my whenever this happens, like when you know when Joe Judge was making his hires and when you were first started working with me, I go at a million miles an hour when this type of stuff happens, trying to put out tweets and put out content. It's like I just am like someone else is. If I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. But I thought it was a regular news day. Didn't didn't really it. think anything anything special happened. Stop it. Not really. Stop it. Um, all right. Before we get into this episode, Justin, this episode was brought to you by, and I'm going to have to go quick through this. I, I'm sorry that we can't spend a lot of time on this. Just Steve. The first one, his name is just Steve. Oh. And we got Giants Roddy Piper. Pipe me down. From Scotland. Uh, Scotland. And we got Joseph... Moyo-yo-yo, Moyo, Moyo, Joseph, I'm going to call you Joe, Renato Parente, I thought that was your friend Renato, this Renato's no. from Brazil, he actually gave a, like a 250% um, donation, which is cool, wow, Clay- thank you, Clayton Harding, which is about as wide of a name as you can get, it's like, oh, what's up mm. Clayton, like all my friends that I've ever had, met at that name were Clayton, were white, this one, I don't think this is his real name, it's Trickle Down, Sapenomics. Uh, mm. Yeah. Totally. With it. That's what Skinner Pennock 2020 is for. I don't know what it is, but... <laughs> you got Benjamin Skolazodra. Skolazodra. Oh. Jack Keating, another white name. Bobby Broadway, who Bobby Broadway probably is... He probably loves the O-line content more than anybody. Like, he tweets at me about, like, hey, what do you think about this offensive line? He loves the O-line content. Uh, and he's got a great name. Best name out of anybody on this list. Alliteration. Alliteration. Andy Augstell. Dan Quigley, which reminds me of Dan Quinn. Mike mm. Wicks. Wicks to the Firecracker. That's a fun name. That's a very fun name. Eh, it's all right. We got Kevin Cesalizisak. <laughs> Connor Burns. Devin Martinez. Blake Martinez is um, actually young. That's actually his younger brother, so it's cool that he's a wow. supporter of the show. F- friend of the program. Liam Sheehan. Ben Butler, Butler, Ben is from the United Kingdom. Another another alliteration, love that. And then Michael Kleisler. Who are these these thugs? Wow, <laughs> they're goons one week, they're thugs another. They're getting week. worse. They're, they're getting worse. There's more of them. Stop them. Stop all these thugs that are subscribing to. Oh, Clayton Bigsby. No, I, Chappelle's show was back on. Uh, it's on Netflix. I went. That's I wa- right. I, over the weekend, I went and rewatched the uh, the whole the whole series. I mean, it's only two series seasons, but still. But stop these terrible people, um, and, and be a part of these terrible people by going to patreon.com backslash talking giants to give two dollars a month to support us, plus get some awesome perks like watching us record the shows live as we record them, especially after our wins, which we've been winning lately. You also get some behind the scenes perks, uh, shirts, things. So it's fun. And you support us. Thank you. This is the most patrons that we've had um, 
in between episodes. So thank you so much. Um, thank you for the ratings too. This week has kind of been bananas us for us. No more ratings. Yes. Do not leave a rating review. We had way too many this week. Too too much. It, it looks suspicious. It really does. Um, no, but thank thank you so much, Bobby. Let's get to uh, uh, the 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 slight kind of. New boring news that happened today. Uh, Kreider and uh, Riley Dixon on the, on the COVID list. Let's talk about that first. No, DeAndre Baker. No, uh, we're not. Even, <laughs> I was planning on talking about DeAndre Baker. We don't have time to talk about Baker. It's it's we've we've said everything we've said on that. Here's my my view. You give people second chances. A lot of people like to be woke on Twitter about being woke, but in, when it comes to push the shove, they're like, get this guy out of here. Anyways, moving on. Um, don't go woke. Go. Not broke. I'm trying to think of something that rhymes with it. Now, well, well, you saying that you're not woke is 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 woke. So g- g- let's talk about the main piece of news now. I'm so I'm so not woke that I'm woke. This is tripping me out, man. Yeah, yeah. This is freaking me out, man. <laughs> I just lo- anyways. All right, moving on because I'm gonna get myself in trouble with people. All right, the Giants fired Mark Colombo or Joe Judge fired Mark Colombo. Whoa, uh, <laughs> more so. So. Most people know what's going on, but let's give a quick synopsis of what happened. Uh, Joe Judge, in the offseason, the O-line coach position was between Mark uh, Mark Colombo and Dave DeGugielmo. 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 The Giants went uh, Mark Colombo, who you know obviously worked with Jason Garrett in Dallas. Now, Mike Garofolo comes out today and says... Before this happens, or he probably knew it was going to happen, like, hey, Joe Judge has been working with the O-line the last three weeks. He's been spending practices with the O-line, working with the O-line. The O-line's been improved, and we have the numbers and the eye test to back that up. So, Joe Judge can't spend the whole season with the O-line coach. He brings in Dave, Dave uh, Coach Googe is what they call him. So, Coach Googe, he's going to come in, and he's just going to be an assistant. You know, he's going to be a special assistant. Mark Colombo sees the writing on the wall because Mark Colombo had, was – one of two coaches, him and Jason Garrett, who had no connection with Joe Judge, flips out on him, um, said some type of word, um, according to Kim Jones. I was, I think it was Jive Turkey. Um, got into a huge argument. Some people said they fought. That's not true, according to everyone who's reliable. It Was there some kind of altercation of words? Yeah. Is that confirmed? Yes. I forget what the guys... Oh, Jason McIntyre said they got into a fist fight, um, and then so did like two other... Random people. Anyways, that would be cool. I, I mean, I, no, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like panic at that. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, they they fired him. So Mark Colombo's fired, and Joe Judge has been working with the offensive line for the past three games, and that has when we have seen an improvement in this offensive line in the run game and with Andrew Thomas. I, I have a page full of notes, Justin, but let me send it to you. I mean, what are your thoughts on all this? So my overall thoughts is it's a welcome sign that an organization, it sensed a way that they can improve and they didn't hesitate to do it. Now, obviously, it kind of does suck that we do lose an offensive line coach who had a lot of promise. You know, Mark Colombo was, you know, before this offseason, we were talking uh, Mark Colombo as uh, one of the next Bill Callahan's as being just such a a, a bright mind uh, for offensive line and, and developing these guys. And you look at the pedigree of how guys in Dallas have developed over the years and, you know, how good of a run game that they've had and et cetera, et cetera, and how long their quarterbacks have had to throw the ball. But what an ego. What an ego he had to have for a guy to come in. You know, Dave Guglielmo, you know, the proposal was is that he would, you know, they would basically be coaching the offensive line together. What an ego you have to have. As I mean, you know, Colombo's a young coach. He's still not. I feel like he's still not an established. He's not. He's you know, brand, pro- he's brand new. He's been coaching for two and a half years. Yeah, you know, just because you're you know you're seen as a guy who's up and coming, and you're seen as as a young bright mind, what an ego you have to have, especially now that it's confirmed that there was some sort of you know uh, altercation with words. What an ego you have to have, you know. And Dugujielmo has a very impressive resume. So it's not like they're bringing in another scrub to help him out. Yeah. They're bringing in a guy with another of impressive resume that has way more experience than Colombo does to help him out, and he flipped out. Um, so good on the Giants. Again, you know, my main thought is good on the Giants organization for sensing that there is a way to improve and jumping on it and not hesitating. Yeah, with it. I agree. Good. I know people have like totally fallen in love with Joe Judge, where I've 
I've been just kind of checking myself to not, you know, drink, you know, the Kool-Aid quick. But I like Joe Judge a lot more today than I did yesterday because of this. Um, and like you said, and I agree, like, I can be in hothead. But that is surprising for Colombo to do that. Like you said, he's brand new in the coaching business. This is a business where you get fired. You get even, like, the especially a position coach. Because, you know, people move on, you just get fired. You get fired. Like, so the best position coaches get fired. The best coordinators get fired. It happens. And he wasn't even fired. It was just, I guess, you know, he. I guess he did see the, if he saw the writing on the wall, he could have resigned. I don't know. I don't want to get too much into the, like, how could he, like, throw a fit like this? Because at the same time, like, I, I'm a big believer, like, you should argue in the workplace. You know, supposedly it got way, you know, more heated. Like, like I mean, on a lighter note, I mean, me and you, Justin, me and you can, like, there's times, it's not often, but there's times where me and you will be on the phone for 15 minutes going back and forth fighting. I actually like yeah. that. And especially when you're when, in the when football you... realm, I'm surprised. I mean, it had to be serious, and I think Joe Judge probably wanted to move on from him anyways. When you have a common goal, we'll get to the Joe Judge wanting to move on from him anyways, because I think it connects to a larger conversation about somebody who's a lot more significant within the Giants organization, within the Giants offense. But when, you, when you're working for a common goal for something, like whether your coach is on a football team, you're working for the common goal of winning football games. When you're working on a Giants podcast, your common goal is to get more people attracted to your show. When you're working on a common goal and you both and a lot of people care uh, greatly about something, there's going to be altercations. So obviously, you know, we're, we're fine with emotions getting heated, but to the point where somebody's getting fired. Um, JoJo's wanted to fire him before welcome. that. Like to to me, that's my that's my you know. Obviously, this isn't like sources or anything, yeah. but these conversations are so tough because it's very entertaining. By the way, these conversations are very entertaining, and this is a very entertaining story to follow and kind of look at because you can read in between the lines like you're doing right now. But these conversations are tough, and this is also my thing too that we're not in the building and we really don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, we were we were saying, "Oh, Andrew Thomas is improving. Good job, Mark Colombo. Good job this." You know, we didn't know that Joe Judge was intensely working with the offensive line. But but go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, that's you know, like I said, that's my guess is that Joe Judge wanted to move on from him anyways, but did the whole, "Hey, we'll bring in the assistant thing and, and at least get Gooch in the building before they fired him at least." So, I mean, that happened. So, it happens. I like the move. We'll we'll get into Gooch uh who he is uh for a second, but I mean, Let's talk about the last three weeks where Joe Judge has, you know, not taken over the O-line, but taken uh, extreme focus on the O-line. Let's just start with numbers, Justin. The first seven games, the Giants were averaging 98 rushing yards per game. The last three, 138. Now that you could play off to like, hey, you go on a three good game, you know, good game running the ball, that happens. The difference though is, Justin, when you take out Daniel Jones running, which isn't really much, doesn't have a ton to do with blocking. Blocking is important on it, but but it's not everything. When you take out Daniel Jones, 56 yards per game running the game the first seven games, 110 these last three games. Doubled it. And it's not just simply like, it's not simply that it's, you know, like it's scheme or anything. Like they are, they look better. They look better running the ball. Um, And I think Hernandez is better than Lemieux, to be honest. And I know people don't like that. But with Lemieux, the rookie in there, they have looked better. Honestly, and that's another thing that made me like about Judge. It's like Joe Judge can come and get this O line and whip it in shape. I mean, I like I said, I like him a lot more today than I did yesterday. Yeah, and I even wrote in Talking Analytics on TalkingGiants.com. I wrote last week that against Washington, for the first time this season, this is as of Washington, the Giants had five explosive plays in the run game, rushing plays for at least 10 yards. However, for the first time this season, out of those three games, Daniel Jones did not, ha- did not have at least one rushing attempt result in more than 10 yards. And that's extremely refreshing because we, we have started to see how good the running game has been with centered around our running backs instead of just Daniel Jones. And then it kind of all accumulated together and came together against Philadelphia where you saw uh, how lethal when both when both parties are involved when the quarterback's involved when the running back's involved when Wayne Gallman is getting yards after carry uh Alfred Morris I feel like he didn't really get a lot of opportunities but he still did kind of well he did have a rushing play of over 10 yards uh 10 yards on the dot at one point so yeah I'm willing to put more of the and we can have this conversation another time off season whatever if you want to have it now I'm willing to put a little bit more of Good pass protection on Daniel Jones getting the ball quickly out of his hands. But there are still plays, and the eye test can't deny this. Well, Andrew Thomas. There are, there, 
there have there still have been plays where Jones has been standing in the pocket and he's had time to throw, no matter what the numbers say. So. I think Andrew Thomas, because we focus on Andrew Thomas because he's the fourth overall pick, that's an indictment that these last three games, and it hasn't been like like Thomas like doing Thomas has been doing little things like and it's basically with Thomas like the 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 Bucks games like he protected the inside and then this last game like he had some bad plays this last game it just wasn't like a disaster but you notice when he's punching he's not leaning over and crazy like that and so like even when his footwork is screwed up he's able to recover so I mean we have seen a massive difference in Andrew Thomas the last three weeks versus the first seven weeks minus the Steelers game like they got a game of film upon against the Steelers and there has been a massive improvement these last three games from Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Andrew Thomas isn't like he's not playing a top, like a top five left tackle. The Tampa game, I honestly he kind of did look like that. Besides like maybe one play, but he has looked like a, a whole world's different. And the fact that Judge came in and did that, I mean, I, I I think that speaks wonders about Judge, and it says a lot about Mark Colombo. And honestly, I have some takes uh, and some guesses when we talk about Jason Garrett a little later too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that Garrett conversation, but you know, you hate to sometimes make it black and white because I know the game of football, it's such a nuanced sport, such a complicated sport, but it's tough not to just think, you know, very black and white because this happened, it had this result with this situation and it's because because Joe Judge started work with them, that's why they improved. You know me. Like I can see sometimes there'll be a talking point and I'm like, "Come on, like we're guessing at this kind of stuff." Yeah. Yeah. This is one that's when I buy into. That's when I buy into. I really do. Um, and it makes me like Joe Judge a ton. Um, and I think it might make me like him more with similar things later on. We'll, we'll talk about Jason Garrett later. And I know the Jason Garrett conversation is going to piss people off, but we need, it needs to be said. Now let's talk about uh, coach, the new offensive line coach, Dave um, DeGugielmo. Now, Coach Gouge. I actually did a ton of, not a ton, but I did a good amount of research of him um, before Colombo was hired because I thought that Gouge was going to be hired. Like it seemed like he was going to go to Gooch, just blind, just going just through his resume. He was with the Giants and Pat Flaherty from 2004 to 2008. He was part of that Super Bowl team, that offensive line that we love, my my football heroes of David Deal, Rich Soybert, Sean O'Hara, Chris Neek, Reed McKenzie. Those are my football heroes, and I actually posted a video where he's talking about yep. like how those guys stuck together. So he was the and assi- even the year even the year after the Super Bowl too, which was utterly more dominant than any other giant team that we've seen yeah. since the 80s. Especially so. running the ball. Um, yeah. So he was an assistant from 04 to 08 with Pat Flaherty. Why is, Pat Flaherty does videos here and there. I actually watched them. And he was with the Jets in 2012. The Patriots in 2014 to 15, where that's where he has a connection with Joe Judge, is um, his time there. And then the Chargers as an assistant in 16. So then in 17, he's with the Dolphins. Then he goes to the Colts to be with Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels backs out of the Colts thing, but he's still hired as the offensive line coach. So he stays that year. And if you remember, the Colts O-line was like, it was the offensive line of the year. Like everyone talked about yep. it, how Braden Smith came in and jumped in. And we'll get to some of the like the personality stuff. But nonetheless, that offensive line was good. They move on because Frank Reich wants his own, his own um, coach. And then he goes to the Dolphins this past season as an assistant again to Pat Flaherty. They fire Pat Flaherty in July. And then upgrade um, uh, uh, Coach Dugues, Dugues or whatever we're calling him. And then he stayed that there. And they offered him actually an extension, but apparently they couldn't come together on money. And so he moved on. So that's his career. And he's been with some good O-lines. I know you have some analytics on his O-lines. He seems to be a guy, and I'll, I'll read you some some quotes from the Colts because people were saying things about him. And sorry, I let me pull it up. I have it right here. Um, well, basically what happened is... Denzel Good's brother was murdered. If you like, he was a Colts offensive tackle, and then Braden Smith came in and played good, and, and he never got his game back. Supposedly, Coach Gooch said some me- like messed up stuff, and he's like a really snarly dude, and his personality kind of sucks, and he's like he's he's just like hard to get along with. But like I said, it's hard it's hard to talk about that. But Quentin Nelson said, "I'm seeing a lot of speculation talk from outsiders talking about Coach Gooch." Quentin Nelson wrote on his Twitter, he is a great fundamental coach and a great person. He unified us as an offensive line and pushed us to be the best. Anything else said about him is false. And then Ryan Kelly, the center for the Colts, not the power forward for the Lakers. Not only did he bring together a room, but emphasized the importance of technique. In April, he told us physicality and fundamentals will ultimately take us as far as we want to drive the train. So he seems like a good coach 
but he's just a really snarly dude. Joe Judge, his main mantra is <laughs> no. toughness. It's his main mantra is, you know, blue blue collar, get your hands dirty. The thing is, it's nice it's nice to hear Colts players, you know, say this publicly and you know, what else are you expected these guys to say? Um, you know, my main thing is that you know, we're more than halfway through the year and you know, it it, it did seem that these offensive linemen really did enjoy Colombo. Colombo was one of the guys, but that's not good as yeah. a coach though. Like sometimes it is, but if a coach is one of the guys, it can get like especially at the offensive line spot where offensive linemen can be lazy, they can be lazy with their technique, they can want to, you know, just get through practice. I mean, I guess I'm talking from experience. Like, I've had both. I've had coaches who were, like, super nice, and I've had coaches where it's like they made practice brutal. But the coaches who made practice brutal were the ones who made me best. Like, I had coaches who they just wanted to talk about what our blocking assignments were, and coaches were like, hey, put your right, you know, when you're going left, torque your right knee in, and then the opposite, and make sure you're doing, like, those coaches get the most out of you, and that seems like what Coach Googe is. And I was watching an interview with him, he kind of says everything that this whole football team is about with Joe Judge and Patrick Graham. Versatility. He talks about cross-training. That's not something we hear. Like That was something we kind of rolled our eyes at in the offseason, but it's true. And he says something that was interesting because you think about Nick Gates. He's like, he's like, I like to teach every guy on the team to snap a ball. Like, well, And he's like, well, why mm. would you do that? And he's like, well, because you never know. And honestly, we took Nick Gates, and you know, obviously this was before Guj was in here, who played tackle in college played guard and tackle in the NFL and never had snapped the ball besides one week of practice versus the Jets. And they move him the center. And honestly, like, he, you know, he's not blowing the world away, but we feel confident with him as our center. Yeah. So certainly, certainly probably would have been better than John Halapio last year. Oh, he definitely and, better than Halapio. I mean, he moves guys in the run game and he doesn't screw yeah. up. Like he doesn't really, he hasn't, he doesn't miss assignments in the past game. Um, he's no. always looking for work. There's times where he'll get beat here and there, but he's, you know, he's definitely better than Halapio on pulley. He's been pulling a little bit too, yeah, too. which has been cool. Um, you've you've saw uh, there was a I think there was an instance this week where the the QB school I, I watched the QB school YouTube video that he did on Jones and he was identifying how Nick Gates was pointing out some protections, which is cool to see. You didn't see that a lot from Halapio. So um, so here so here's also a, a main thing that I think I, I didn't I didn't say this before, but it's also that just came up on on top of my mind. The Giants would not have made this move if it really genuinely wasn't an improvement and an upgrade. Right. I If this was a downward move or a sideways move, whatever the case may be, I think as grown men, Joe Judge and Mark Colombo, whatever what was said, as long as there wasn't any fist thrown, right? Uh, they, you know, as grown men... They would have, uh, you know, made up. They would have uh, shook hands, gave gave a fat little kiss during the Corolla days, and they would have moved on. Yeah. Um. They would not have. They would not have made this move for the betterment of the New York Football Giants, if it if it didn't actually substantially make them better. Like if Freddie and, Kitchens did this with yeah. Judge, I don't think Freddie Kitchens is fired. If he if they had no. that argument, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and you know, I kind of feel like we're teasing this left and right. You know what's the difference between somebody like Freddie Kitchens and Joe Judge uh, and and uh, Mark Colombo? What's the difference between a Patrick Graham? What's the difference between a Jerry Shuplinski and Mark Colombo? And then also somebody else. I feel like we've been teasing yeah, this. Let's, to- let's get to it. But but and like to build on your point, Gooch is familiar with people in the building. I mean, O'Hara and Deal are very involved with the New York Giants. They know Gooch. Um, Jerry Shuplinski worked with him last year. Joe Judge obviously worked with him in New England. Patrick Graham, on a lesser note, did work with him um, in Miami last year, although, you know, the defense coordinated O-line coach, you know, they're probably not swapping notes that often. So there is familiar. It's not like they're bringing in some stranger. So Yeah. And the Giants, just front office people in general, you know, uh, I don't know exactly all of them like the back of my hand, but they've all been relatively the same for a very, very long time. You know, Chris Mara, everybody, and everybody down from him. So they, they're familiar. They know him. Um but you, st- you still do get the feeling that this is a Joe Judge hire and not a Giants organizational hire, which is which is nice, which is, you know, what, what we want to see. Right. Um, let me, before we move on to voicemail and mailbag, which we will talk about our next point in, um, let me, I, I like, I just have a full page of notes. I don't want to miss anything because I spent a lot of time on this. Yeah, I, I, I did Columbo some. Columbo was criticized by Paul Alexander. I Actually, I know people were saying like, oh, Thomas just went back to his Georgia technique. 
it's not that's actually not what it was like Thomas did have some stuff like he, he couldn't just play the same way in college yeah no the 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 things that we talked about and you you had to be a real you you did have to be a real uh keen and tuned in listener to really hear this but the things that we did talk about that Andrew Thomas did need to work on was inside moves his punch you know he had a punch where you're where you're doing the I I always had this the, the stupid metaphor of the high school symbols you're clapping the symbols instead of being efficient and straightforward with your punch on the inside um inside moves and some of it and a little bit of footwork but and we've seen the little footwork change that that was kind of all he needed for right now stills work still is working on that punch and still working with allowing the inside move so those are things that we knew that he had to do it's just on the NFL level and unfortunately manifested in t- in bad bad play those three things that were going all wrong at the same time so okay so i i missed one bullet point you know how we were joking about coach judge telling the coach's room to hey turn that down turn that off would you Oh, yes. Was that about Mark Colombo? And like I said from the beginning, his stupid metal music. Was that what that was about? What a stupid... Mark Colombo's going to have to get the stupid. band back together. I, in the offseason, I was being nice and saying, I'm just not a metal music fan. Metal music is stupid. And I know I'm offending listeners. But you know what? If you're metal and you're a listener, you can handle a little criticism. You're metal. You're tough, right? He's gonna have to get the band back together. I mean, that's 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 what's gonna happen. Free Free Rain twenty twenty one is gonna have a a twelve song album, and they will be going out on tour. Um, they're gonna be playing MetLife Stadium. Many many people are saying they're gonna be playing at MetLife. They're gonna sell it out. Right. Um, all right. Let's <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, all right, let's. Uh, they may also wait. Oh, one more thing. Uh, they also may be joining in the Super Bowl halftime show with the weekend. Some people the are saying that too. The weekend is doing the halftime show this year. Yeah, yeah, the weekend. Uh, better, best known for being Selena Gomez's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, I, I best known for just relaxing. You know, honest, going to the beach. Wow, right, that lazy. was a really bad. Oh, the, oh, that was the a weekend. really bad dad joke. Oh, that was a yeah, that was terrible. That was dad probably joke. my worst dad joke of all time. Wow. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You know what, Steve, take it away. Melta. All right. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. We have two questions from All Things Giants and Brian Porez, starting off our mailbag. When we return after the bye, what have the Giants not been doing in-game that you'd like to see them do, and what have they been doing that you'd like to see them cease doing? That's All Things Giants. And then Brian Porres at bporus one he asks, So is Bobby starting to come around on Jason Garrett? I went into the season thinking that this team would, would need four to five games to find its groove offensively. This seems This seems to be happening. Okay. Let's turn this into a Jason Garrett conversation and all things Giants. We're going to answer your question, but not in like a direct, like, this is what I want to see change. This is what I don't. Now, I was a very heavy critic of Jason Garrett earlier in the season. Like, very. And you know me, like, I'm, I'm not the type that'd be like, oh, but, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty patient person. I try to realize, like, hey, I'm not smarter than the people who are doing this for a living. Um, but I was very, a very heavy critic of Jason Garrett. Now, the past couple of weeks, the run game has been more diverse. And the more I think about it, I really get, and I said it on the stream last night when they were running that play where they leave the defensive end unblocked and then Lemieux pulls and block. Like, anyways, it's been more diverse and it's been like, hey, this is like some of the simple stuff that new upcoming head coaches and coordinators are doing. And I was like, Garrett wasn't doing any of this in the first like few weeks. It was like a high school run offense and it's changed the past few weeks. So I'll give him credit. I think Judge is putting his hand, his fingerprints on this offense. Yeah. And honestly, the ball in the passing game, are they really, like you mentioned explosive plays. Are they really going downfield or anything? Or did this Eagles game, the Jones just hit every single one with perfect ball placement? That's a that's a good question. You may have to do a little comparison. I mean, um, think about you're it. Doing a little, you're doing a little bye week project, so that, may be, that you may be able to answer that question with your bye week project. Then, we keep on teasing. I watch the QB school every week who does a great YouTube video. And he's somebody like me. 
Now, I'm not, I don't know the game nowhere near as him. But in personality-wise, where we always lean positive, you know? Like, I'm not going out of my way to criticize coaches and stuff. Like, I always try to understand that I I don't know more. He was taking shots of the Jason Garrett offense. He was taking... And he's a positive guy. He was like, I don't like... like this is like old, way old school stuff. And he's like, I don't know what this curl route is and this all these sticks. Like, he was taking some shots, um, some subtle yeah. shots at Jason Garrett without just going at him. And you could tell he's like, I don't like this offense. Yeah, he was talking about how, you know, you're basically running out of 12 personnel, which is uh, two tight, no, two tight ends. Just the two-man uh, routes. We run so, I've yeah, never the seen. two-man two routes. We're on yeah. these two-man routes and like with a slant, like a slant and a flat. It's like they got like eight people covering this and that. We had sacks because of that in this past game where it's like we have eight people protecting, but they're literally double covering two receivers. Anyways, it's been better the past few weeks. I actually like the Tampa game called by Jason Garrett more than any game this season. More than this, like this Eagles game, it wasn't nothing crazy. They were like, I mean, really think about the big plays. It was the fade to Tate where Jones puts a perfectly placed ball. The throw to uh, Shepard on the sideline, perfectly placed ball. The throw to Lewis, Lewis where it was a pre-snap audible, perfectly placed ball. And then the big play to Darius Slayton where it wasn't a perfectly placed ball, but Slayton made a good job. And like I said, they were begging us to do that. They were begging us yeah. to do that. And then like a play or two later, we run the ball into like a nine-man front with or eight, uh, eight-man front with six blockers. So, so basically, I think you can make an argument that it's been more or less the last couple of weeks. Well, out, you know, since the Tampa game, definitely against the definitely against the Eagles, it's been more or less player execution as opposed to skeet. Like, wow, that was just such a great play call, and you schemed success there. Yes. It's been more or less player execution, Daniel Jones ball placement, which is which is good. You know, we're I'm not gonna we're, I don't think we're gonna discredit Jason Garrett because oh now his players are playing good, so he's still bad, but. There, there's a bounce. If I, if I had to put, if I had to put it at, at a percentage mark, sixty percent player execution, forty percent Jason Garrett. I, you know, that's it's not a fifty-fifty split. Yeah, it's really been Jones running the offense better, and I get that. My, that is some people's argument, but honestly, we need someone who is an innovator of this offense and does new things. And what Garrett does is, is one, it doesn't even play to Jones' strong suits of going down the field and. And no. and the, going downfield and opening up the short game, it's very like, like people were like saying Jones game manager. Well, that's what this offense is. That's what all this offense is, yeah. and it's it's a shame that if we're we're doing this to this QB who likes to attack and we're turning him into this quick trigger. It's like okay, he's running the offense better, but this isn't like franchise QB stuff. Now the the Eagles game, he did. He had those franchise QB plays, but he but he had to play perfect for that, you know. Because besides that, yeah. it was just stick route, stick route, quick slant, slant. Um, Jones literally, Jones literally had a seventy-five percent completion percentage. You know, that's not. I'm, I'm telling you right now. You know, I'm telling you right now. I, I, you know, if, if this, if that type of game, you know, obviously he didn't have the touchdowns, and obviously, you know, he, he didn't throw an interception, which is great. Um, but I don't, I don't care about. I honestly don't care about the touchdown number. I don't. You know, if Wayne Gallman is going to finish the year with ten touchdowns, um, it's because Daniel Jones's arm got us down the field. The past three weeks, when the, we know, get down to the goal line, we can just like I've been, I've said the past few weeks. Once we get down to the goal line, I just know that we can stuff it in, which is right. speaking of judge. And but you think can't about expect, this. but you can't expect a seventy-five percent completion percentage every single week. Right. That that like seventy-five percent completion percentage. That means your quarterback is playing out of its mind, and you can't expect that every single Daniel week. Daniel Jones essentially played perfect this past game, and he had a rushing yeah. touchdown. We put up twenty-seven points. He played perfect this game, and he had a rushing touchdown, a thirty-four-yard big play rushing touchdown, and we only put up right. twenty-seven points. So let's so let's get to the larger point because you started to mention. I'm it. out on Garrett. I'm the still last... out on Garrett. That's my larger point. And okay. Jason Garrett is not Joe Judge's guy. This Colombo yes. decision, we kind of we tr- we try to be like, hey, we're not going to speculate. We're not going to speculate on who's whose guy because it's just guessing. But this Colombo firing shows that Jason Garrett is not Joe Judge's guy, and the Giants organization forced him on it. Yep. And honestly, yep. bad on the. You know me. I don't hate the mayors bad on the mayors or Gettleman or who, whoever did that. We don't know who did it, but put Jason Garrett on, on Joe judge bad on them, bad yeah. on them. I don't know who the offensive coordinator would have been. I don't know if it had been Shaplinski. I don't know. I'm not saying they would have Joe judge would have went out and got someone good, but honestly they trusted him with the defensive coordinator hire and they brought their good old boy, Jason Garrett back in. And yeah. I know this is going to piss people off because the offense has looked all right. The past couple weeks, 
but it's been in a game manager role for Jones. This offense has not been special the past couple weeks. And I get Mm. like, oh, well, he's figuring it out in his third year, third system. I don't, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me. You know what? It was good for the Browns to bring in a new offense in Baker's Mayfield's third year. A good offensive coordinator could come in and do stuff. And I heard that excuse with James Betcher last year. It's like, oh, it's too complicated. You know, they're still learning. Well, guess what? Patrick Graham came in here with no offseason, no preseason, and installed his defense. And it's pretty there's yeah. it's very unique and different. And but he did it in a simpler way, and they're outperforming their talent. So I, I know right. I know this is gonna piss people off, but I I just can't hold it in. I'm out on Jason Garrett. And honestly, Joe Judge is gonna fire him. I Joe Judge will fire him at the end of the year. Unless this offense plays out of his mind at the end of the year, I would be so if this if we if we play the same way throughout the year, there's no way Jason Garrett. I mean, unless every game looks like this past week where Jones looks perfect, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm going a little too far. Maybe that last thirty seconds I, was I a think, little too far. I think you're going. I think the last thirty seconds you're going a little too far. But let me say I'm this: I'm passionate about this. I know. Let's regroup. Let's regroup. It all goes back to that report that Ian Rappaport had, whether it was 2013, 2014. Remember, there was a game where we lost against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We didn't score a single point. We didn't score a point. I thought we did score in that game. Maybe we scored three. It, it 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 inevitably was a shutout, and it was it was a bad bad loss in Jacksonville. It, and I don't think it was 2015. Think it was 2013, 2014. I could be wrong. It could be 2015 because that's the year that Coughlin was uh, pseudo retired, pseudo fired. Well, it was so, 24. Let's see. Well, sh- we played the AFC South in 2018, so it was 2014. 2014. Okay, good on me. So, if Jason Garrett was fired from the Dallas Cowboys, according to Ian Rappaport, and that's one of the people that you do trust, if Jason Garrett was let go from the Dallas Cowboys in 2014, and they did not, and the Cowboys did not extend him, it was very likely that Jason Garrett was going to be the next coach of the Giants. John Mara has loved him for a very, very long time, has loved him for years. And finally... You know, now now that finally, you know, that the the marriage ended between the Cowboys and Jason Garrett, the relationship was able to happen. And it luckily didn't happen as a head coach, but it, we were saying, Woof, thank God this guy isn't our head coach and he's our offensive coordinator. So I really do think, and the context is there, the the table is set to really say that this was a Mara hiring and bringing in. Now here now here's my thing. If the Giants do somehow sneak into the playoffs, which I will tell you what, it's more than 20% likely. I know some ESPN analytics projections are saying it's it's 60% Eagles, 20% Giants, uh, combined 20% everyone else. I think it's more than 20% likely that the Giants are going to make the playoffs because I do think that they can squeeze out three wins and they could surprise against either Baltimore or Seattle. Now it's a matter of can they win those can they win the games they are expected to win? That's another question. But if they continue on the same path and if they somehow win their division, Jason Garrett will be back. If they don't, then a lot of people know. could be gone. Joe Judge just fired Mark Colombo after two straight wins. And honestly, it should have been three straight wins versus the Bucks. But if we do make the playoffs, it's because the offense has continued to perform somewhat well. And I think you can spin it as and Joe Judge may not. Maybe. And if Joe and if Joe Judge does this and let's go and let's go of I Garrett, love Joe Judge now. That would that would very much surprise me. But you know, they could spin it as weird offseason, no offseason, limited training camp, Daniel Jones new offense. We don't want him to go into a third offense for a third straight year. You gave a compelling argument as to why that doesn't matter. But um it, it matters, but it matters it a little bit, but it's not, not like it's yeah. not the end all be all. But they could spin it if they really want to to say, you know, now that we have a full season, now that he has, you know, all of the, you know, all everything in front of him. Who who who's to say, Bobby? Who's to say that <laughs> this is wild? Who's to say that Daniel Jones can't develop into an above average quarterback, very similar to Tony Romo, playing in a bad system, but, but Tony because Romo was the of the OC for that offense. But because of the familiarity with the system and the repetition, who's to say that Daniel Jones cannot become an above-average quarterback with having with being in a system that may be lackluster, but if he can master I it? I think he can. I think he can. So I guess that is the other argument. 
Because I do think, and I think Jones, Jones is, a, I believe in Jones. I'm sorry. I know people are like, oh, he doesn't throw 90 yards like Patrick Mahomes. I believe in Jones. I th- and honestly, the biggest thing I believe in him, besides the accuracy and the ballsiness, is the work ethic and the, the brain between his ears. That's why I believe in him. That's yeah. wh- that's why when people are like, oh, he's not doesn't have the it. I think that's the it. That's the it more than Joe Burrow smoking a yeah. cigar after an, a, champ, a national championship game. I think that's the it factor. And Jones is starting to get this offense better, so I could see a situation. But here's here's my larger point, and I'll I'll come. Let me let me back off of the Joe Judge will fire Jason Garrett after the year. Here's here's and I'm just getting passionate. Here's where I will say I wasn't all in on Joe Judge. Um, we talked in previous episodes about hey, like if they fire Gettleman, I don't care if they fire Joe Judge too. I want the new GM to do what they do. I'm all in on Joe Judge. I believe in Joe Judge. I believe in the Joe Judge way. He's the one who brought in Patrick Graham and allows Patrick Graham to do his stuff. Um, the f- stuff he's been doing with the offensive line the past three weeks, I'm in on Joe Judge. I am in on Joe Judge. Um, I it went from me being like it has went from me liking Joe Judge to I'm I'm in on him. And honestly, and yeah. I'm in on him because I think he will make the right decision with Garrett, whatever that is at the end of the year. That's that's what yeah. I'll say. Yeah, right now, and we're going to talk about it over the bye week, so I need to think of some takes, and I need to really flesh out some things in my brain. But right now, I'm so invested in winning football games, and I don't, you know, I don't care what the record is. I don't care what the record is. I don't care, you know, what if it's three and seven. You know, you I, I care about, about the that. NFC East. I, I care about the NFC East standings. I care about that the Giants have just won two divisional games in a row, which they haven't done in a very long time. Can't tell you since they've done that, but they, it's been you know very long, probably a very long time since they won two football games in a, in a row uh, when they actually matter. And I could care less about the circumstances around them. Right. Um, you know, just just talk to me. The last time that I was emotionally invested in the Giants winning football games in November and December was 2016, and then before that, what uh, 2015? I mean, 2015 it was just, it was a, just like. 20, actually, 2015, I thought we were going to win that division like late November. Yeah, because it was that 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 was just, but it was still just a disaster of a year where they couldn't finish football games. Um, th- and that that is the sign. That is the sign that I I think I'm all in on Judge as well because he's gotten the team at a point yeah. where we are talking in the middle of November. We want to win football games instead of okay, you know, who are we taking at number four? Yeah, and honestly, to finish off. Jason Garrett's stuff is still vanilla. I said it, the Washington game, I said I'll play the results and be happy with the win, but it was the same basic-ass stuff, dude. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's like the place he runs you see on Madden. Now, I get you Madden is based off reality a little bit. Anyways, let's move on, though. We but here, here, here's one, one final on thing about Garrett. One one final thing about Garrett. I, I don't blame you if, you know, the normal person, and we are we are the insane people here, that I look at... Every single week, I look at explosive da- play data. I compare it to the rest of the league. Bobby is looking at routes run every single week and tracking if guys are running more than fi- if if you have more than two guys that are running more than fifteen yards down the field. We're the crazy people, so I can very much understand why the average person could look at like, oh, we're winning, we're moving the ball a little bit more, we're sustaining drives, blah 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 blah. Why are you guys so hard on Garrett? But tr- trust us that. We're doing the that we are doing the work, and we're seeing like, hey, this is still not good, and it, and it can be so much better. Tr- trust us with whatever whatever kind of uh, feeling you want to trust us with, even though we're not experts. Right. So there All you right. go. Voicemail. We're gonna have to, <laughs> you know, we're gonna have to go kind of quick through these guys. Sorry, but there's just so much news. We have to go quick through this. First voicemail though is from our day one supporter Isaac Moretta. What's up, Bobby and Justin? It's your boy Isaac Moretta. Uh, first time I actually called you guys. I uh, just wanted to check in, see how you guys are feeling going into the bye week. Um, really, the only question I had is uh, coming up with this game against the Bengals. Daniel Jones has actually been improving, you know, quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. So, what are you guys looking for for him to build on it? Is it just more of the same ball security, you know, accurate throws, or are you looking at him to actually get the ball in the end zone more often? Uh, can't wait to hear from you guys. Go Giants! All right, so thank you, Isaac, for uh, um, calling in. Like Isaac's one of my favorites. He's been a day one supporter. I'm glad he's, he's, yeah. he's still supporting. Um, bring back a bring back the robe, Isaac, the the king robe. You got to bring it back. <laughs> Isaac's Twitter. one of those guys where it's like, you know, you definitely have supporters, but it's like I know me and Isaac would like end up in jail if we hung out for a night. All right, um, and that's like that sounds really offensive to Isaac, but I think he he takes it as a compliment. 
Um, <laughs> all right. All right. So what am I saying? Oh, what was the question? Here's my thing. We talked about it on Monday's episode. Jones has cut the fumbles in half, literally in half. The interceptions are about the same rate, but, you know, on a per game, a little less. I want to see him be continue to be aggressive. Um, the pre-snap stuff. Like, I did a breakdown of that throw the deal on Lewis, and I was so impressed with the pre-snap stuff more than the throw. Continue to know when to audible the pre-snap stuff. Um, that's the stuff I like out of uh, – I need to see out of Jones. And just stay aggressive. Stay aggressive. Like I said, not all turnovers are equal. The turnovers against the Bucks are not the same against the turnovers against the Steelers. So I can live with turnovers, but don't have the Tampa Bay Bucks turnovers. Have the Pittsburgh, like, like you, the whole game relies on you making a play. Like when people say, like, oh, you yeah. don't have to make every play. In that Pittsburgh game, he kind of did have to make every play. Like that's what got us down that field on that interception. Him having that mindset of I need to make the play. So. Picking and choosing his battles, and like I said, not every turnover is the same. Yeah. I don't mind having games like Washington, to be honest, because, uh, you know, there are going to be games where quarterbacks, their numbers are going to be called upon, that, you're, dude, you're going to have to be a stud and you're going to have to win the game. But I also don't mind if there are games where it's just defense takes care of business and you do enough to get the W. Don't cost the team. Don't take bad sacks. Have the pocket mobility, use your legs, expand plays, continue to be aggressive. Those are my sure. little keys. All right, next voicemail, we got Liam. Hey, guys, it's Liam here calling from Chesterfield, New Jersey. I'm in my house right now. I actually just subscribed on Patreon, so I'll be able to watch the podcast live now. Woo-hoo! I just want to talk about Andrew Thomas real quick and how far I think he's come the last few weeks. Uh, a lot of people doubted this guy, thought he was a bust and I don't know how you could say that after just six games but uh, that's what they were saying and in the last three games he's played a lot better uh, I don't know I, I just think he has a lot of upside uh, look at this dude uh, he has great footwork he has a great first punch he has great balance uh, and he's, he's also dominant in the run game big athletic strong uh, I don't know I'm, I like Andrew Thomas a lot and I think the big the biggest thing right now for him is his confidence, right? Three games in a row, he's played a lot better. Uh, that's huge for his confidence. Now I think he's going to go out there a lot more confident. And he hasn't just played better against nobody. He's played a lot better against uh, three good defenses. So that's it. Uh, enjoy your day, guys. All right. Thank you, Liam. And I'm sorry I'm, I'm like, taking the lead on everything, but it's an Andrew. I'm an Andrew Thomas guy. Those games where he was bad, it was a mess. Like footwork, punch, everything. Now – um, the past three games have been good, been solid. You know, um, like the, the the Eagles game, like you don't watch the Eagles game and you're like feeling great about Thomas, but it was a good game, especially a team he struggled against so badly in that Thursday night game. Um, and I I had this observation is that he's just he's not perfect. Like there was some bad footwork versus the Eagles, but I noticed, and this is nerdy, but when he was punching, he wasn't leaning over. So even like when he would like have bad footwork. Because he wasn't like leaning in his punch, he was able to recover on some plays. So, I mean, he's definitely improving. We talked about it a ton in the beginning of the show with the last three weeks with Judge, but he's definitely improving. He's still a beast and dominant in the run game. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel good about it. And like and like Liam said, the confidence for these last three games has to do wonders for him. We said it uh, when he was coming out of college at Georgia. He may not always look the best and look the prettiest, but... He faced the toughest competition, and he had the best production. Um, in these last few weeks, um, he, you can make an argument he's fa- he hasn't faced as, as as tough as competition as he did during the beginning of the season. I mean, Chase Young, JPP versus Khalil Mack, Bud Dupree, and all those guys. In comparison, it was not as bad co- uh, competition-wise. But we said it in Georgia. Didn't always look pretty, but he always got the job done. Next mailback question is from Mr. Brownstone. Domino's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's, or the Mecca of Mayhem, Little Caesars? Question mark. Now, I feel like I'm like legally required to say Little Caesars because of that whole thing. Um, I'm a, I like Pizza Hut out of those. What about you? Yeah, I'm a Pizza Hut guy. The, the cheese uh, the cheese stuffed crust. Oh, oh. I, I have a question. Is Nothing. Joe Judge listening to the Talking Giants podcast? I, you know what? There, there was a there was a soundbite that uh, Mr. Brownstone tagged us in today. Little Caesar's Pizza Bowl thing, and you know, go back home for Christmas and stuff. But 
you know, go get a you know, Little Caesars pizza bowl thing and you know, go back home for Christmas. There's no way he mentions Little Caesars just randomly. He's listen, he's a listener that's to the very, podcast. That's, that's the only logical reasoning you can have with that. There, there's there been Little Caesars that have been near me in New Jersey. Now, it's also not fair. It's it's very tough to have a chain pizza place in New Jersey just because of how much good pizza there is, local pizzerias that there is in New Jersey. But every time a Little Caesars has opened up in New Jersey, it's shut down almost immediately. Like the, like the day after, it, it shuts down because they get no business. So it's very odd for Joe Judge to mention Little Caesars. Like out of all the pizza chains, Domino's. Can I you know? tell another Little Caesars story? No, we have no time. This is Come a on, good one, though. This it. is a good one. We need to this save it. Just, It's a real quick Little Caesars story. All right, you have 30 seconds. So when I was 16 and got my license and my brother was 13, every day on the way home from school, we would go past the Little Caesars, and there's a guy holding the sign that said $5 hot and ready. And we were mean. I'm not I'm not encouraging this and saying this was good. But every day we'd, we'd drive by and yell, your mom's $5 hot and ready. Your mom's $5 hot and ready. And, um... Good, good. Your, 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 in today's your climate, joke. I wouldn't do that because I would just be like, I'm going to turn this guy into a, you know, a shooter. Eh, there's, there's, oh, don't, jeez. I, mean, I, I hate bullying. I, I think, I, as I've grown up, I think bullying is one of the worst things in the world. Like, I can't stand bullies um, in real life on the football field. I love bullies. Is that not a little hypocritical coming from you? What do you mean? Some people, some people, some people may say that you are a bully yourself. To who? And be honest. It's a good question. It's a good. It's a good question. Good I can. Question. I can not be mean, names. but I'm not a bully. You know. Oh, okay. There, there's Got a difference it. between being mean and being a bully. There's nothing wrong with the good yo mama joke. Yeah, but I mean, we did it like every day for nothing like three wrong. weeks straight. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> tough. That's tough. All right, we have a voicemail and then a and then a NYG life at life NYG okay, mailback question. Let's go Giants. Bobby, Justin, it's Eric and Naples. I was the one who left you a message last week about how bad we've been against the Eagles. Of course, we all know this anyway. I am at my house in Naples, Florida. I had to take an Uber lift, excuse me, an Uber ride home because I got trashed at the sports bar with my Giants compadres. And uh, what a win. What a win. Look what happens when we don't turn the ball over and when we play sound football. I will take that every day of the week. One thing that was incredible was I think Slayton had the quietest 93-yard receiving game I've ever seen, but we probably needed yeah. every yard of it. We established the run in the first quarter, which was huge. Established the run. Defense, led by Patrick Graham and James Bradbury and Blake Martinez and Leonard Williams. Tough all day long. Go, G-Men. Fuck the Eagles. Oh, the I didn't men. realize that Whoa. was in there. Whoa, Eric in Naples. I was Cincinnati. I was about to say that was one of the best voicemail. It still is. He calls I, I an think hour the after the Eagles every game. Was a nice touch. Actually, so he's hyped up from the game, and it's just like. But that was one of the the reason why that was one of the best voicemails we ever received is because I'm pretty sure he was still trash. Oh, yeah. He calls an hour after every game. Like that's his. That's um. That's Eric in Naples' like calling card. Um, oh my God! It, you you asked snacks to call an hour an, an, an hour after a football game and he's trashed. I mean, I it's it's I, bad. Snacks snacks got a concussion because he fell off his because he fell off his bed in the middle of, of the night because how trashed pizza. he was. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I I spent all that time bleeping out the intro for that. Come on, Eric. It's all it's all love though, baby. All right, and what's the mailbag? The mailbag is a uh, two win streak going into the bye. How y'all feeling? Run the table in all caps and make the playoffs, or y'all just hoping to see improvement week to week? NYG Life asked that question. Bobby, run the table. I'm run the in. table, make the playoffs. And you know what? I, I did something terrible this week. I did something terrible. Th- these are the following teams that are in wild card contention right now. I have to replace the Bears. The Bears are still in wild card contention. Maybe join the Vikings. The Vikings are now joining the party. But, um,. The Seahawks, the Rams, and the Buccaneers are three teams that are very heavily in wildcard contention. And NFC West is a toss-up right now. But, Bobby, you're telling me that if we were to play one of those teams, I don't know how they're doing the playoffs if the division winner is automatically getting a home playoff game. But regardless of where it's at, if there's going to be no fans in the stands, you don't think if we got a chance at one of those teams again that you wouldn't have faith that they can get it done. I want the Bucks and I want Tom Brady so badly. I want them so badly. We will win that game. We will win yeah. that game, and then we'll go and win the Super Bowl. All right. 
Next question from Tim Coffey, leader of the Golmanites. This is Tim Coffey calling from Raleigh, North Kakalaki, and I'm currently in my fourth grade classroom where I teach young students to like the New York Giants. Hey, that Tim's a fourth three grade very quick questions. Uh, one, why is Alfred Morris stealing carries from Golmanite Nation? Two, uh, do you think that – are you – reconsidering Gettleman losing his job now that the working relationship between him and Judge is clearly amazing. And three, can you change the intro music to Friday's podcast because it sucks? I love you guys. You suck, Tim Coffey. Wow. You suck. The intro to Friday's, which is... Let's go to war. It's which a staple. What? Let's go to war. Oh. That's that's wonderful. I I love. Maybe I'll add my, you know, because you know, like last year I did a little more often. This year, like it's kind of corny, but I did it for week one. Like I put my intro before the "Let's Go to War." Maybe maybe yeah. I mean, it's it's really corny. Um, so I think it's good for week one. Think it's good for week one. So the Gettleman question we're actually going to do, and I guess this is a way to plug that Monday for our bi week episodes. We are doing, um. Ourselves, Chris Sanitane, and then Mike Too Nice. Who Mike Too Nice is a critic. I, I can't wait to talk to him uh, about. We're gonna do on on individual episodes. On our episode, we're gonna do Daniel Jones and one other topic. Um, on Mike's episode, we're gonna do Joe Judge and one other topic. And on Entertainer Chris, we're gonna do Dave Gelman one other topic. So we're gonna deep dive into that. So we'll ignore that question. Um, I also kind of want to talk about Thanksgiving takes too, if we have the time today. No, no, with with uh with uh Mike and uh the entertainer. Okay. I want I want to talk about some. Are we going to record takes. on Thanksgiving? I I got nothing going on. We'll see. Um, Thanksgiving is canceled this year. You didn't hear? All right. Yeah, that's that's why I got nothing going on. Um, the question. I actually like what they're doing. I think they're spelling the running backs like really well. Like Morris is coming in. He's getting his two series, and he's getting you know four to five yards per carry. He's getting big, big plays. Um. I think they're using the running backs perfectly, honestly. Daniel Jones is taking away carries from Wayne Gallman. That's who he's taking carries away from. That's true. That's when they're really like using the RP, the read option is with uh, Jones. Yeah. And that's where some of the really good run schemes were. Where it's like, um, and QB School did a good job breaking it down too. I know I plug him like crazy, but you know what? He only breaks down the Giants like twice a year, so I'm not worried about losing um, viewers. So, yeah, I, I think they're using strange, the running backs. It's strange well. how they've. Uh... It's strange how they've been using Alfred Morris mainly out of the shotgun. Like you would think, it's it's like a reversal of roles where, you know, Alfred. I guess I guess maybe Alfred Morris is seeing less eight man boxes because Wayne Goldman actually is seeing eight man boxes at almost the thirty percent rate of his carries, which is kind of bananas. But he's been really efficient and he's not spending a lot of time behind the line of scrimmage. I'm writing and talking analytics this week. I'm all in on Wayne Gallman. I have a bunch of metrics, bunch of stats, bunch of things I'm going to bring up. Um, I'm all in. I, I looked at more numbers. So We got some comments um, of people being like, Bobby, how can you not like Wayne Gallman? It's like, I'm, we're just we're having fun with the Gallmanite stuff. I'm going to try to convince you. I, you're going to read talking analytics this week, and I think, you're, and I think I'm going to try to I think after the you. Cincinnati game, there's a good chance I'll end up being a Gallmanite. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Next mailbag question. Tau Zeno at Red Yeti 9. What are you guys most happy about over the past week? Giants signing oh, ooh, a broth native uh, Graham Gano to an extension or Scotland qualifying for our first major tournament since the 98 World Cup in France? Wild question. I'm excited to see Scotland in um, the, the Euro Cup. That'll be interesting. I always love yes. seeing the new teams in the Euro Cup. I'm, a, I'm I actually... I get into the cups for soccer, like you know the Copa, Copa de America and Euro Cup. I watch, and then the World Cup. Besides that, I just don't get into it too much. I'm rooting for our for our Scottish fan base because we seem like we have a we have a we have a decent amount of uh, listeners. That's from what so we're gonna cool. do. The next World Cup, obviously, we'll be rooting for America. We'll have our international listeners like lobby for our fandom, and yes. we'll. we'll you guys, next World Cup, you guys need to start lo- doing it now. Getting in our mentions. Um, Spain probably is leading the way right now. I'll just be honest, but Brazil with Renato, you know, we got Scotland, we got the, you know, so Gasman. start lobby. Yeah. Start lobbying now. Um, and we will pit the entire talking giants force behind, behind them, especially if America doesn't qualify. Um, like they didn't last time, which America should just have an automatic bid anyways. So, um, it is what it is. All right. Um, Graham Gano got COVID though. He mentioned that. 
No, he did get the Corolla, unfortunately. Got an extension and then got COVID. You know what? Wouldn't blame him if he wanted to go out and have a good time. You know? How dare you? Wouldn't, wouldn't blame him. Got a lot of money. Yeah. Three years, 14 mil, nine and a half guaranteed. I'm through 2023. When you look at the nine and a half guaranteed, I would assume that the first two years are guaranteed and the third year is not. I mean, that's the way, you know, if you, you know, if you look at it, that that's what makes sense. Is first two years guaranteed, third year not. Yes. Next mailbag. Next mailbag. Paul Nonez. Uh-oh, you're going to get in trouble when you finish this question. Do you think Crowder can fill the middle linebacker two spot for the future? I'm tired of hearing Micah Parsons stuff. By the way, oh, my name is pronounced Nonis, not new. I didn't say Nunez. I said Nonez. But you said Nonez. No, Nonez. I'm a have-to-go Little Caesars on you. I'm sorry, Paul Nonis. I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's funny how that timing worked out. Uh, do you think Crowder could still fill the middle linebacker two spot for the future? He's tired of Micah Parsons. I agree. I don't think drafting Micah Parsons would be smart when you have Blake Martinez there. Um, and you, like the inside linebacker two spot, like I feel like it's a good spot to like just put an athlete who's you know aggressive like Tay Crowder. So I think Tay Crowder could be it. Although Tay Crowder's not good enough for me to shy away from my guy Chaz Surratt in uh, you know the second or third round of the draft if he's there. Ooh. I'd be down for that. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what Tay Crowder is back. I will say, as somebody who loved Tay Crowder, that Washington game, his open field angles were brutal. I was like, oh, my. Like, okay, this is, may- this is maybe why you fell a little bit. Like, those open field angles, yeah. angles were brutal. But you can – Yeah, he's wrong. That's, yeah, exactly. He's a former – like, he was a running back at the start college. So, that's stuff you can work on. Um, what you can't work on is being fast and aggressive and having good instincts. Right. and. You're also just those. a big fan. You're also just a big fan of guys who convert and change positions. Especially to a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have a voicemail. Do we? Oh, here we go. Hey, guys. It's Victor from Reading, PA. So, first of all, huge win against the Eagles. I live in Southeast PA, so nothing but Eagles fans around me. Finally, good to get one against them. So, my question for you guys is do you think that? This game against the Eagles, this win, first time winning in four years, turns the Giants franchise around. I think that they have potential and they're moving in the right direction. If we can get a big win against the Bengals, putting three wins in a row, that's huge. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, I know we paired this with the mailbag, but we'll we'll answer separate. I don't think one win turns your franchise around, but I think Joe Judge is turning the franchise around. So that's that'll be yeah. my take on that. Yes, yes, I 100% agree. We will beat Cincinnati, and we will either beat Seattle or Baltimore. I think. See, I don't think we're beating Seattle or Baltimore. I think we're beating Arizona. I think Patrick Graham's going to have something for Kyler and James Bradbury if he can just do halfway average against Hopkins. Hopkins is their offense. Like people don't realize how. Well, I guess they do. I mean, with that hail mary, Kyler relies on Hopkins big time. So I think Arizona's uh, the most beatable out of those three for the Giants. Oh, that's going to be that's going to be such a fun. It hopefully, it hopefully it will be fun for us. That's going to be such a fun matchup to see Bradbury Hopkins. It's going to be the Hopkins is the best receiver in the league, he so is. it's going to be the best. It's going to be the best receiver that he's going to go up against this year. And he played um, well against Hopkins last year too. Oh, oh, they played each other. Jeez, I feel like Hop. I feel, oh yeah, that's right. I feel like Bradbury's played like every big time wide receiver. And he's done well against them all too. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's good. So KG asks us this. He asks like kind of two questions here in two different tweets. Where was this O-line performance when Saquon was still around? Can only imagine some of the runs he would have had these past two weeks. Sad face. He put the sad face. Also, how extra devastating is that Evan is that Engram Philly drop? Now that we're one now that we're a half game out, we'd be in the driver's seat for the NFC East with that catch. Another sad face. Uh, that's why I also have confidence, like heading forward. It's that we were all these kind of freak things <laughs> free the, the Evan Ingram drop was more of was the freakiest thing that resulted in a loss so this much. year I think about how but, much life would be different if Evan Ingram doesn't drop that pass you know but I think the fact that we just play Tampa Bay so well uh, that that was you know you you could go back to that reaction pod and you know Bobby was Bobby was Mr was 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 pretty negative cuz you know we we were trying we were holding Jones accountable as he should but overall, you know, I just got the feeling from the Tampa game that you don't play a team like this this well 
and not actually improve instead of just you know playing somewhat well but still losing the game at the end they played them very 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 well so um that's what really kind of got me to turn around uh we have one more mailback question this is going to be coming from daniel king the king of the daniels dumb danny if if you had to bet who wins in a fight are you betting on colombo or judge this is a great question because colombo has the heavy metal background and I genuinely think that heavy metal people are insane, like absolutely insane people. Colombo has tried to fight Brandon Jacobs, but Joe Judge also has boxing experience. I know we're actually. You know what? Joe Judge will whoop his ass. How about that? Joe Judge. Hey, Joe it, Judge. It's like I, it's I'm like all Tyson. in on Joe Judge as Joe Judge. It's like Tyson. You know, even because Colombo six eight, but Judge is going to use the lack of size to his advantage. You know, get inside, hit, you know, go, you know, hit low and uh That's the best that's spot how he's to gonna hit, win. right under the jaw. And yeah. you can't do that when you're six foot eight. The body. The body is a, a, a Mickey. Mickey, Rocky's trainer, just in case you, you, you didn't know him. The body, the body, the body. Break his ribs. So I'm, going, I'm going Joe Judge. How about that? And he's from Philly, so you know he's like scummy and oh, scrappy. Yeah. So I'm going Joe Judge. Rocky five, just fight in the street. Um. So is that the, is that the episode? That's it. We're done. All right. So we got we did decent timing. Um, I know I'm going to get a ton of tweets about how Jason Garrett is turning around. I guess I, I will take that on the chin. I'll take that on the chin like a Joe Judge punched the Mark Colombo. This has never been, you know, this a little a little preview to maybe how I'm going to preface our our Mike and the Entertainer episode. I usually hate having to take wait and see. Because you, you you know me like you, you know I think that's boring I I think as a, as a content creator and if we just had an episode where Bobby and I were just saying oh you just have to wait and see you just have to we're wait gonna and do see. that this podcast this podcast wouldn't be an hour and ten minutes long today it wouldn't um <laughs> so that's not that's not how we try to preface our takes you know we try to be critical when it's necessary then you know praise when when it's necessary as well we try to we try to be fans and passionate but this has there has never been more of a we have to wait and see time in Giants land in a very long time because we're waiting to see about Jones. We're waiting to see what other crazy things Judge and Graham and whoever could come up with. We're waiting to see about Garrett if we can continue to be aggressive. And then therefore, all of, uh, you know, the umbrella over all of it, or who's holding the umbrella technically, is Dave Gettleman, which is, there's there's so much like, there's so many things riding on these final six games. It's nuts. I love it. I love it. I love important football. And I love the NBA draft. So we're we're five minutes away. So let's end the episode. Appreciate you guys. I know this is this is an important episode. You know, this wasn't supposed to, this was supposed to be like a laid back bye week voicemail. And this is a very important episode. And uh, I I give a lot of credit to Joe Judge for making this decision. Uh, you know, Colombo obviously made it a little easier on him by um acting like he's high on cocaine. But anyways. Appreciate it. Um, we'll see you guys on Monday. Three different episodes from us, Entertainer, and Mike. Those was those will only be on YouTube for those two, but obviously you'll have us in the podcast app. So appreciate you guys. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some football, and let's go big blue. <laughs>